welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm McLeod. So for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch and a number of episodes that best showcase that series strength. And last week's anime was was the incredibly uh, creepy, mind-bendy, um, I, I don't know what's real or what's real, uh, Perfect Blue. Uh, Malcolm, how was it? I mean, I loved it. It's such a great, it's just like a great film. Like, I, I think it's one of those, it's just like a great thriller. I'm really excited to get, kind of dive into uh, the director's uh, other films. Uh, I think just like, just having like process uh, Perfect Blue um i was just like oh i want to like get into his whole filmography so i'm excited we're going to cover the rest at some point so watch for those episodes in the coming weeks and months but uh, i will also say that darren aronofsky owes his entire career to perfect blue and he should just bow down to that movie for sure and uh join us as lizzie boys and lizzie uh you were actually name dropped in the previous episode because yeah alexandra cole had watched Perfect Blue with you. So what did you think of Perfect Blue, Lizzie? So glad you asked me when you guys were talking about it. I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to say anything because that's not the, the what we're talking about today. Holy shit, Perfect Blue. Am I allowed to swear? I forget if I you am. You are especially allowed to swear. Yes, you can. Delicious. This is me we're talking about, guys. I Good, good stuff. <laughs> um, so I, uh, Perfect Blue. Yeah, Alex, the wonderful Miss Alexandra Cole and I watched it together. That movie fucked me up and i think i think anybody who's seen it would say the same thing because it was um it was from the beginning it was unsettling and um you knew that that it was it was gonna mess with your mind the animation style was something i was not used to at all i can understand why it's an incredibly well-renowned film Uh, maybe i would need to watch it again personally i didn't like it Really? I no. I <laughs> I'm starting on such a negative point, but I gotta be real. But, yeah, go um, for it. Uh, I I I I thought I shouldn't say I didn't like it on a whole, because there were certainly some parts where I was like, "That's awesome that they just went for it." But I it, for me it was it was a little too a little too mind bendy, a, a, a little too violent in some in some points where I was like, why is this shot continuing? This is a bit too much. You know what I mean? Um, But I can respect the film and I can respect that Darren Aronofsky, that's what you were saying, Malcolm. Yeah. uh, uh, Took, took from that movie, but that, that movie was, that was something else, man. That was something else. And thank, thankfully, um, Satoshi Kon, the director, thankfully his other films are, are, are much nicer. (laughs) Than oh, Perfect are they? Blue. They are much more pleasant. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, Lizzie, I, I bumped into you drunkenly uh, like a, a week or so ago, and I was like, oh, you and Alex, you need to come on for the next one. And I was just ranting about how incredible the ending to his final film was in, in my drunken excitement. Uh, I was even oh. teasing Malcolm. Um, the final, in- oh, wait, no, I don't know. I'm not going to look at my drunk texts, not to confirm anything. Uh, you, <laughs> you said they were pleasant. Uh, that's all I need to know. Um, they were. <laughs> They were pleasant. Oh, that's, for- that's the great thing about me. I'm I'm a very excitable drunk. Like, uh, you know, I'm not like the guy who's like, you know, starting fights. I just really want to talk about the things that are in my mind at the time. I uh, am exactly the same. And you know what, Jack? It's a fun place to be. Everyone's if it, it's, it's a fun place to be. Um, <laughs> we're just condoning drinking on this podcast now. I mean, we're <laughs> drinking. 
drinking once in a while is fun. Alcoholism is, is, you know, I don't want to say it's bad because that's, that's a disease and people suffer from it. Um, we're getting real even before we talk about the show. Of the I, uh, sorry, sorry, Jack. We were like alcoholism. You know what? I don't want to shit talk it, but it's not that great. Like I like that you had a, you gave it a little asterisk as if like people I, I don't, who I don't have alcoholism aren't be like, oh, it is a, a problem that I have to deal with. It's, um, uh, oh, I work at a liquor God. store, so it is a problem I have to deal with. Um, because I, yeah, I with those people. Uh, yeah, I live across the street from a liquor store, so I can see I see those people coming in and out all the time because my window, uh, yeah, faces directly across. And I've been in that liquor store where people have like tried to steal like bottles of Jack, and then like the security guard is tackling them like down the streets. So. Oh my God. God bless the fact that I live in West Vancouver, where the even even the worst customers are pretty pretty chill by by any standard. Um, uh-huh. But enough about alcoholism. Um, yeah, Satoshi Kone, <laughs> great director. Uh, yeah, we would definitely uh, love for Alex and, and uh, Lizzie to eventually do a duo show when we do inevitably uh, cover him again. But yeah, let's talk about a very requested anime that we were many people wanted us to cover, and we're finally doing it. It's Death Note. And that's why we brought you on, because you were excited to do this. You, you had talked about it, I believe, uh, on the episode you were on. And yeah, a lot of people really wanted to see us cover Death Note. Um, awesome. So Lizzie, let's, let's start off with you. What, why, why, what appealed to you about Death Note? The intelligent writing. Like, easy. And that's gonna, I'm going to keep bringing that up, just so, just so uh, everybody is uh, pre, uh, pre-warned that I'm just going to keep uh, uh, raving about that, because I think you know, I, I remember watching it the first time five years ago and uh, just being it was one of the first animes I ever watched and just being blown away by how intelligent the characters were. And so therefore, how intelligent the writers had to be in order to, to successfully write that. So, yeah, no, I think that's that's why I r- rave about it and did on the last the last podcast uh, that we did. Um, and why I, I enjoy it so much. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, so so let's get into the history, because I know you, you've watched the entire show, of course. I believe you even watched the movie, right? I have, yeah, I did. Yeah, um, let's jump into the history, because uh, this isn't going to be a super long history segment, thankfully, because we also have episodes one to five to cover. So, so we were blessed with not having a super long history segment for today. But let's get into it. Uh, Death Note's an interesting one. It was created by writer Sugumi Oba and... First off, that's not the author's real name, and that's just a pen name, and their identity is still a secret, which is very true to Death Note, I feel. What, much like L. <laughs> we sure. like, oh, much my like God. L. Much like that's L. That's so cool, actually. Anyway, yeah. continue. There, there's a couple theories as to their identity. Apparently, it's been kind of figured out based on, like, later works they've done. Uh, okay. I'm not going to reveal that. You, you, dear listener, can look for it yourself because I don't want to spoil the surprise. Uh, can I ask just because I don't know the uh, the author or like you know who this author could be? Is this yes. like kind of like a like Stephen King, Richard Bachman scenario where like it's exactly Bachman, that? It's, it's exactly that. So it's someone who's popular uh, who did like who's just well, doing death actually, with no, it's it's not exactly that because their their only their pen name is only used for this. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe a listener can can reconfirm. Um, let's let's take a look. See, uh, this is this is the theory according to Wikipedia. There's speculation. All right, I'm going to spoil this anyways uh, because now the Malcolm's right up. There's speculation. It's the pen name of Hiroshi Gamo, who is uh, I don't know who, who did a series called Totemo Lucky Man, which ran for 16 volumes, uh, which is a gag manga series. 
Uh, and that's because it's apparently very similar to um, his later series, Bakuman, which we'll get into in a second. So that's that's the theory, but it's only a theory. I wonder why a person wouldn't want uh, wouldn't want their real name uh, behind the show because it's such a, a, a cool show. Well, and, and they, they, they've written multiple series since then. So, you know, I, we, we've noticed a lot of manga writers are pretty private. Uh, there's not a ton. That's fair. Yeah. It's, it's, hey, listen, they get to, elect, to collect the checks and write awesome stories and still keep their anonymity. That's, that's pretty darn chill. And there you go. All right. Um, so here's the thing. Oba was inspired by the Japanese legend of the Shinigami, which are spirits that invite humans towards death. And he wanted to create a suspense series because he felt the shonen genre didn't have many of those stories. And I think, again, that's one of the appeals of Death Note. It, it feels very different uh, from your standard anime show than your standard kind of, again, shonen, which means boy. Uh, your kind of standard uh, middle school uh, tween shows, for sure. <laughs> so Oba's editor, uh, here's the thing. This, this series, uh, law and manga series, are often uh, written and drawn by the same person. This one isn't. Uh, Oba's editor assigned artist Takeshi Obata to draw the series, and the first chapter of the manga would debut in December 2003 in Weekly Shonen Jump magazine. And Sugumi and Takeshi's collaboration wasn't super close. The two rarely met, and Obata would only really communicate with his editor. When Sugumi would ask his editor if Takeshi had any feedback on how the story was going, he was simply told, no, nothing. (laughs) That's it. Uh, they, but they, they do have a good working relationship because they've worked on two series uh, since Death Note ended. I mean, if it's working, it's working, right? So if it's working, exactly. It's like if that's how they want to, like every creative partnership's different. So if that's how they want to, like handle it and just go, all right, well, here's the words. I'll draw the pain, uh, the pictures. That's I don't know. That seems to work. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the two series they followed up are a series called Bakuman, which is actually the story about a manga artist and his uh, writer partner, which also has an anime of its own, which is pretty interesting. It ran for ran for way more episodes than Death Note. It ran for 75 episodes. That's something maybe worth uh, covering in time. And another series, which uh, just somewhat recently ended, called Platinum End, which is, which is a lot closer to Death Note in terms of tone. It's about a student who attempts suicide, but is rescued by his guardian angel, who is not only vowed to protect him, but bestows him special powers, as he is also one of 13 candidates chosen by different angels to take the role of God, who is to retire in 999 days. And uh, guess what? An anime adaptation is about to air in October of 2021. So that sound that sounds like it's going to be a pretty hot show when it comes out. That honestly, that premise sounds really fun. <laughs> like that sounds really cool. The idea of a replacement to God, <laughs> like that's crazy. Well, and it's a lot closer in tone to uh, the, the series we're covering because our main character uh, in Death Note also wants to become God in his own way. It's true. Yes. That's just uh, just a, a, a light, easy goal for your life. What do you want to be when you're older? God. He's yeah. the number one student in Japan, and thus that that's- means he's close to being God. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like true like that's actually insane the, anyway we'll yeah. get into that <laughs> we're, we're getting into that so so death note it ran for 108 chapters although there have been some uh, bonus epilogue chapters that have since come out the most recent epilogue chapter uh uh is one where um the death note falls into the hands of someone who doesn't want to kill anyone he just wants to auction it off and he uh it comes to the point where donald trump is featured in it and donald trump attempts to buy the death notes 
Oh my what God. the fuck? Yeah, it's it's like this 75-page uh, little, like, one-shot, and it, it's quite entertaining. By by the same writers? Oh, uh, yeah, same, same duo, yeah. They just said, fuck it. Yeah, and it that's also awesome. does feature uh, some Death Note characters uh, in it. So that's it is canon. Our, our boy Ryuk and some other people do appear in it. So it is canon. The, uh, the Donald Trump attempts to buy the Death Note. All right, perfect. Um, we can confirm Light is Mega confirmed. Uh, Light is Mega confirmed. Death Note ran for 108 chapters ending in 2006, and it would go on to sell 30 million volumes. And in October of 2006, an anime adaptation would be released. The director of the anime, Tetsuro Araki, tweaked the chronology of the show a bit and incorporated flashbacks to make the plot easier to follow for viewers. And he basically felt that, you know, you kind of need more flashbacks in an anime adaptation as opposed to, you know, a manga. Because, of course, if someone, like, doesn't pick up on a detail, they can just go back a couple pages. Malcolm, you've, you've, you've read your share of comic books. You, you've, I'm sure you've, you've gone back and forth between pages if something's confusing to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely, like, will go back. I'm like, did I get this right? Did I, like, did this make sense? Like, but I don't, like, read, I don't read manga. I read, uh, like, the uh, kind of American-style oh. comics. Um, same thing, though. Same. You, you turn pages. <laughs> you turn pages and there's pictures. Yeah, page turners. <laughs> um that i do i i do turn pages yes yeah um so yeah i'll do that with regular books too i'll be like i don't think that sentence is grammatically correct (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so yeah this this anime was of course incredibly successful and yeah death note it ran for 37 episodes depicting the entire 108 chapter run of the manga now let's talk spinoffs because death note would end up receiving four Japanese live-action movie adaptations, two of which tell the main plot of the manga and the other two being spin-off stories. There was also an 11-episode Japanese live-action television series that debuted in 2015. And there is, of course, the American live-action Netflix adaptation starring Nat Wolf and Lakeith Stanfield, which came out in 2017. And as I told on a previous episode, I auditioned for that. And I finally watched the movie, and it turns out my lines that I auditioned for did not make it into the film. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so that I, that's crazy i didn't realize that there was um that there was that much material on on death note but it's cool it's cool i i haven't watched these japanese adaptations i will eventually but i read the summaries of them and it's funny because when when i finished watching the show I, I texted lizzie my thoughts on it i'm like oh, i didn't i didn't feel the ending quite landed but actually like the the japanese live action movie the the ending to the whole light and l story is actually better at least what i read on paper um it sounded oh, more cool. satisfying to me uh, you know what i i'm gonna say right right now and i wish i did um but it's been five years since i i watched the the show i actually don't remember the ending and it's funny because i like ra- I, i've raved about this show but i i watching the first uh five episodes in the last two days um have it's been like watching it again for the first time yeah i don't i don't i don't remember how it ends but i remember it being very cool watching light change as a character we don't need to get into that and spoil it or anything but the character work they did on him was disturbing and beautiful i remember that yeah for sure i mean yeah i without getting into too much spoilers i feel the first like 15 16 episodes of the series are like a 10 out of 10 and then it kind of there's some stuff where you kind of feel the the plot of the show starts to spin its wheels. You can clearly tell, like, oh, oh, snap, this has gotten successful. How do I, how do I keep uh, ways for you know making this cat and mouse chase continue? 
And yeah, I, I feel it kind of after those 16 episodes, I feel it kind of hovers between a six to an eight on, on my scale, at least. Um, but who knows if we have, if, if we ever cover the whole thing, maybe Malcolm will feel differently, but it is interesting. The fact that like every adaptation American and even the Japanese ones, and the fact that there's also a separate 11 episode live action series, uh, they all have completely different endings, which is, I think actually pretty cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you can improve. Like I know we, we all assume live a- action adaptations are bad, Certainly the American one has its share of issues. Um, but no, I, yeah, here's the thing though. I will say this. Everyone told me the American version would be so terrible. And I actually found it was like a C plus. I was like, oh, this is like actually kind of a fun movie. Uh, well, it's fun. what's weird about that movie is I really like the director, Adam Weingard. He directed these like really awesome films, including uh, Your Next uh, and like A Horrible Way to Die um which are like these two like indie like horror movies and the in the guest with dan stevens so i'm like he's a great he's actually a really great director it just i ever watched the movie i haven't obviously this is like my first time really experiencing that i have seen clips of that live action one but i felt very much like this you know studio being like this is like especially by netflix it's like this is our big like movie so like you know be careful yeah, and I mean, Lakeith Stanfield as uh, L is fantastic. And I mean, when I when I saw clips of that movie when it first came out, um, I was like, oh, I want Lakeith to play the Joker, and I still I still stand by that. I'm still waiting for uh, Lakeith Stanfield to play the Joker or Doctor Doom because his performance as L is fantastic. It's Nat Wolf as a uh, light who just uh, apologies to Nat Wolf. He's just very miscast in that movie. I was just gonna ask, can we? Can I ask, is Nat Wolf a good actor? Is I, his bro- is his brother a good? Are they good actors? Are the Wolf brothers good actors? Because I I've seen them in a lot of stuff, and I keep going like, I don't understand why they're leads. Like I keep like being like, I, they, I hear you. Like I'm like they don't they just kind of play the same themselves in every movie, and like this was just like him with uh you know be, uh bleach blonde hair. Like that's all they did. And they, it's, uh, actually, and they still call I, him Light, which is kind of weird. Like they keep they they obviously change his name from Yagami to Turner, but maybe just they could have just made the character a different person or made Light his nickname. But no, his real name is Light, which just doesn't fit for a Nat Wolf type. Yeah, actually, I I, I, I will say his brother's a better actor because his brother was in uh, Hereditary, and he was really. Oh, great okay, I got confused. I didn't even know which one was in Hereditary. That was Alex Wolf. I just want to say I I want to I want to I want to separate them a little bit, but I don't understand. It's my it's my whole thing with Justice Smith with uh, Detective Pikachu. For those who listened to that episode, where I just felt like he was just not a good fit. I maybe I don't know. I didn't really watch this film, but <laughs> <laughs> where we're, we're all yeah, uh, Lizzie, you have some thoughts on uh, the Death Note movie? I do. I I don't. I I remember uh, Ryuk. Ryuk. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, Ryuk, and he's voiced by Willem Dafoe in that adaptation. I remember, and I remember watching the trailer for it too, and being pretty blown away by the work they did on him, and thinking it was really cool and really well done, mm-hmm. uh, which is important. He looked scary and he looked amazing. Nat Nat Wolf, you said, is the guy who played Light. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree because I didn't think he was necessarily bad in that movie. I just thought he was deeply, deeply miscast. I, I like one of the cool things about Light in this TV series is that he's an adult in a 17 year old's body because he's so wickedly intelligent. And he's also, uh, you could um, argue, a, a little bit of a sociopath. 
And that is so fascinating. That was not in the film at all. And I get that they were trying to make it like more uh, palatable because uh, it's like a big studio film or whatever that's supposed to be just mm. fun to watch. But I, I thought that I think that's like one of the key things of Death Note is it's light. And that, that's the fact that you go, oh, man, I don't know if I'm on this guy's side because he, he's kind of a bit of a sociopath. Um, but it's so fascinating to watch. And also, like, the, the film is clearly trying to kind of mimic Final Destination with the deaths. Uh, as we'll talk about, like, all the deaths in this show, most of them are, like, mostly just heart attacks and stuff. In, in the movie, it's all these, like, kind of Rube Goldberg uh, devices. And it, it doesn't, it mostly, yeah, you're, you feel like you're just watching a different Final Destination movie. Listen, Light's, yeah. a crea- Light's a creative genius. He must get that Ferris wheel to fall on top on all those people he named. That's pretty much what happens. There is a Ferris wheel I, segment. I did watch the Ferris wheel. So. Okay, yeah. It's like, again, it's it's silly. But yeah, Lakeith Stanfield is like a good casting choice for Ellen. He does a fantastic job. Um, apparently, there may be a sequel to it. I'm not sure if Lakeith would return, given uh, I think he's far too good for those movies, especially yeah. the Netflix quality ones. Um, but there was an interesting... Uh, the movie ends on an interesting note for... Um, Malcolm, I'm not. I'm just gonna give you a mod spoiler. There, they play a twist where it's like, oh, maybe, maybe uh, L will be the bad guy in the next one with the Death Note. Uh, I thought that was an intriguing idea in the movie. Um, Interesting. But again, uh, let's talk about the actual anime. I've got, I've got a couple more spinoffs to talk about. Some entertaining spinoffs. Um, there's a 2015 stage musical. Um, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. That's Death Note, awesome. the musical, is a thing. That's awesome. I want, I wish I'd seen that. Oh, yeah, God. It, had, it, it had a pretty limited run, but the Korean production received positive reviews from critics. And also it was written by, like the book was written by Americans, but it never got an English translation. But like there is an American uh, musical book with American lyrics. Um, Listen, I can't sing and I can't <laughs> dance, but... We got to bring this to the fringe. We got to do like, we got to bring this to North America. Yeah. I can't believe that's wild. That's like, that's, I know that they do this sometimes. Like I know there was like evil was- dead, the musical. I remember that being kind of a thing. Um, and bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson was another one. I remember hearing about, but like death note, the musical, like, holy crap. I feel like musicals are more common though for, for franchises in Japan. Like there, there's musicals for various video games. As we talked about on the Lupin episode, there's a Lupin musical. Um, now that we've, now that we've already. Lupin got- makes sense. I will say Lupin based on its like style. It's like a fine, like campy, like caper. That makes sense. Death Note, the musical, much like American Psycho, the musical, makes no sense. I saw American Psycho, the musical. Uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty. I will say the the staging for the musical was criticized for being very simplistic and lacking in visual spectacle. And also the story was criticized for trying to cram um, 12 volumes of the manga into a two and a half hour musical. So fair enough. Um, so anyways, there's also uh, a prequel novel titled, and, and this is a mouthful, Death Note, another note, the Los Angeles BB murder cases. Uh, gotta love Japanese titles. Uh, and it gives insights to L's past. So it's a prequel uh, of what L was doing right before the show started. And there's also three there's also three Death Note video games. Um, they're they're like murder investigation games, not action games, because obviously an action game would be very simplistic with uh, playing as light. You would just, okay, this person dies. You do a clip. 
I, you just do it as like a click, uh, like kind of like a telltale clicker click. Game. Clicker game. You're like, this guy gets a heart attack, falls and gets hit by a bus, or like you know, falls off a ladder and breaks his neck, you know, or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, these games did not receive uh, North easy. American uh, releases. There's no English translation unless there's maybe a fan translation. I'd be intrigued because I do like visual novel style games. I play a lot of them. I like games where you can read. I don't like Call of Duty. So I'd be interested uh, if anyone has a fan translation, let us know about those Death Note video games. And also Ellen Light appears support characters in a few Shonen Jump fighting games uh, in support. You can't play them because because uh I guess Light can kind of fight, but he's still just a guy. Like Light, uh, I guess L L has some kicks. He does some kicks, but uh, they they couldn't go toe to toe with Goku without their uh, without. Listen, yeah. Light is the smartest boy in all of Japan. All right, he can get he can get, uh, learn how to fight. Are you saying Light Light can beat Goku? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, he, he has the Death Note, so he just <laughs> writes it in his book. So, but but without the death, I don't know if being smart can beat Goku. Uh, unless I guess I guess Goku would just convince Light to be his friend. That's that's what Goku does. Yeah. <laughs> well, Goku's not an inherent. Goku's not an inherently evil person. Yeah. Um. Aww. Anyways. No, yeah. I was thinking. Let's of the other talk one. about the show, guys. Let's talk about the show. Uh, episode one. Uh, the first images. Uh, we see the Shinigami realm. Malcolm, what did you think of this opening? You know, I, I was like, oh, crap. Like, this is going to be some, <laughs> some like, weird. Like, I don't like Viking stuff. And that gave me, like, Viking vibes. Even though not really. I was more of, like, I don't know, mythological vibes. Where I'm just like, ah, oh, is this going to be this the whole time? And, then, you know, we're going to see this. But, no, it's just, like, this opening kind of sequence to sort of establish the Death Note as a book. Um it was fine. I don't know. It was. It was just like I know. It wasn't like a thrilling opening sequence by any means. It's just kind of there to. I like that they were giving the rules to the book right off the bat. They do. the The series is really good at explaining the rules, and then later on, uh, rules get broken because, of course, you know, if you establish rules, you got to twist them and stuff. Uh, that becomes a big thing in the series. Anyways, so yeah, uh, we we get our little introduction to Light and Ryuk both kind of at the same time, and they 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 come to this conclusion. It's kind of this like dueling monologues where they both determine that the world is rotten, and then Light he finds the Death Note just in the school courtyard, uh, which I found kind of interesting. I'm like, they don't even like go out of their way to like uh, make some sort of reason for him obtaining the notebook. He just kind of finds it, although it's obviously implied that uh, Ryuk had a hand in uh, placing it. You know what I mean? I mean, I kind of like this idea that it, maybe it was random. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know it's, yeah, there's this implication, but like, I was just like, yeah, it was just like, it's here. And then Light happened to be the one guy who saw it and then went and picked it up. But I mean, at this point, I mean, we don't, that's the thing. We don't really get to know Light before the Death Note. We only really get to know him after. We, yeah, we, we get to know him through his actions. And yeah, he finds this Death Note. He He reads the rules. And of course, you know, he doesn't believe it, but then he watches uh, this hostage situation on TV. And, you know, he, he writes the name of the hostage taker and, you know, nothing happens for, for a moment or two. And he's like, oh, OK, I guess I guess, you know, this was just fake. And he laughs to himself. And uh, nope, the hostages are free. And it turns out the uh, the hostage taker had died of a heart attack. Yeah, that was that was interesting to mm. watch him have that moment. Like that's always so exciting to see that 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 happen where you watch the main character go, 
my world has changed. Even though he doesn't like, he he tests it again before he goes. Okay, the Death Note is real, which I like. He um, but he definitely the they that was a really cool moment to watch him go. Oh fuck! Our second is pretty dark. There's these thugs outside a convenience store that L is about to that light is about to enter, and uh, yeah, they're they're basically trying to rape this girl. Uh, out in broad daylight, uh, because that's, again, the world is rotten. Uh, that's kind of the whole point. The, the, the point of view we're trying to get, at least in this episode, uh, why Light uh, wants to become God and feels he has the right to, you know, to to, to enact judgment. And uh, I do like one detail, uh, because when, when he's watching this terrible thing occur, he's watching it through the window, he sees like a copy of Shonen Jump or or some sort of manga magazine uh, and that's where he hides the death note, which he uh, writes the name into. I love those like little tricks where you just see like kind of like manga magazines uh, being used within anime adaptations. I didn't even it's notice nice. it, to be honest. I'd like, I know. I well, going... For me, I'm just like, yeah, that's that's a copy of something. I didn't notice either, Malcolm. Don't worry. <laughs> it, it was very much an Easter egg. But yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing that with that sequence, maybe I missed something, so correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, go but for it. But it was like, how did he get those names? Because like the whole thing is oh, you gotta no, see he gets them. the name because the thug mentions his name. He he kinda he's kind of bragging. Convenient. Yeah. Very, very convenient. <laughs> I did I do remember uh, thinking that when I saw that. I was like, Oh yeah, that that was a little convenient that he just happened to say his best friend his best friend's uh first and last name right in front of him in that moment and light heard it i was like oh well um okay but whatever i'll look past it (laughs) this is like the most justified death i know like later on light is killing criminals and stuff and he's he's claiming these people were bad but this is one where we we for sure get guaranteed uh information that this guy totally fucking deserved to die yeah oh yeah i mean this is a uh, yeah an attempted rape piece of shit which is uh, a theme in a lot of these things we cover. <laughs> so it's like, you know, uh, these trigger warnings. But uh, the essay, um, as the the Gen Zers say now. But, uh, but I, I, yeah, it was a justifiable death. That's the one thing is like a lot of, there's a good chunk of these people where you're like, this is justifiable. And you're like, and I like that element of like, oh, like, would you do something similar? But I mean, at the same time, this like blanket statement of like, it's a criminal obviously has these like, you know, connotations in terms of like, what makes them a criminal? What did they do? We don't really know. They're just like, he's just passing judgment without, you know, the chance for like reconciliation and like, you know, being reformed. So. I think that's, that's the most important thing about this show. And, um, I feel like I'm. Uh, we're not even done talking about episode one, and I'm uh, already like blanket statement. This is why this show is important and uh, fascinating as well. Is because it makes you. It makes it brings up the question of, okay, but do we really have the right to pass judgment? Do we really have the right? You know, um, and is it justifiable to end someone's? will to live or decision to live or, or, or take that decision away from them uh, based on what they've done. And I'm not saying either way or anything like that necessarily right now, but I just think it's really great that it, it constantly in every single episode is posing that question of um, what, what do we, do we really have the right to, to, to judge? 
you know, and or to the extent of being like, okay, this person actually deserves to die. Um, which, For sure. which is, um, which is cool. It's, it's an important question to, to pose, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, I guess that's the thing is like early on, it's easy to root for light because you're like, oh, yeah, you know, like maybe I would do something similar if I had this power. But then you realize like the corrupting nature of it. And like, you know, there's that saying of like absolute power corrupts absolutely everyone. And so it's like, oh, I can see how this becomes, you know, this becomes a problem. Um, And now I have issues with the character of light, but that's more because I think he's an asshole. (laughs) Uh, He very much is. Uh, You know, and that's just, and that's just not like, you know, uh, with him with the death note, it was just like, Oh, he's such a clever cocky asshole. I'm like, fuck you. Like, like I was just like, fuck you piece of shit. By the end of this five episode arc. Initially I'm like, Hey, I think I'm on board with this guy. But by the end I'm like, man, I'm on team L I haven't seen L yet space, but I'm like, you fucking better capture him because of like, obviously we'll get to it, but like there's some, there's a, a sequence where I'm going, Holy shit. (laughs) Like, okay. Light is not the hero. No. And it's funny. uh, We're we're only doing one through five, but six was the one that actually made me jump off the show when I first watched it like eight years ago. Cause six was a fucking, that's where you're just like, this guy is a fucking sucks. Um, so anyways, after this whole confrontation with, with the rapist light, light gets to finally meet Ryuk. We've, we've been seeing Ryuk in the shadows and they finally get this confrontation. And man, Ryuk is just awesome. Isn't he? I fucking love Ryuk. He actually, it's hilarious because his character physically is terrifying, like terrifying. Um, but he's probably the lightest character in the show. Really? That's a main character. Like he's actually he his um uh, when he when he bites in the apple and just go I can't remember what he says he just goes delicious and like it's like oh, oh they're they're guys. juicy they're juicy apples he's like this makes the trip up to Earth worth it because I get to eat these delicious apples. Ryuk's yeah. obsession with apples is incredible and endearing, and it even like plays a role later on in like a specific storyline. Um, yeah, yeah, Ryuk is awesome. He he's voiced by uh, the fantastic Brian Drummond. Also, I should note we we we're all Canadians here. Uh, this is a Canadian cast. This is a Canadian production. A lot of great Canadian voice actors on this show, and Brian Drummond, who who voices Ryuk, is definitely the highlight. See, I have I only listened to the uh, Japanese version with subtitles, so I actually haven't. Oh, really? No, I haven't listened to the English uh, version ever. But um, that I'm glad they did a good job. That's awesome. Yeah, now Brian Drummond, he was the voice of uh, Vegeta in the original dub of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Million show, still, still hardcore working actor, and uh, (laughs) I mean, you know, I do work for on the mic training, and he does uh, teach classes on the mic training. So if you're ever interested, dear listener, uh, we we do classes online, and Brian Drummond uh, is certainly a great teacher if if you have the the chance to be taught by him. Definitely voiceover is uh, an easier thing to do over Zoom than, say, traditional acting classes. Wait, Jack, your teacher voiced Ryuk in the... Yeah, I mean, like, I got, we got a bunch, we got, like, the, the teachers at On The Mic Training, this is now turning into a promotional video, but uh, don't worry. Uh, and in fact, we're, we're getting uh, a teacher from On The Mic as well in a, in a future episode, he's confirmed. Um, yeah, we've got, there's some incredible voice actors that teach uh, at On The Mic. 
Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been taught by Brian. I really I really uh, should take a class with him, but trying to trying to save my own money. Anyways, yeah, this uh, what do you guys, especially Malcolm, what do you think of this first meeting between Ryuk and Lights? I mean, it's like it's an interesting one because initially, like, okay, can other people see Ryuk? Uh, can they not? Uh, I mean, he's got this like terrifying nightmare face that, uh, which is funny because I just finished uh, recently. I just binged uh, American Horror Story 1984, which oh. is probably the best season since season like two. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, but I'm like, oh man. So I, I'm a big horror guy, and I and I was like, I just love that character design. Like, I think obviously he's like a really fun light character and it's like established later on in this like five episodes that like you know he doesn't really have that much skin in the game right like every death that uh is made because of the death note kind of gives him life you know he doesn't really care if light succeeds or not in becoming a god because you know once light dies i think he gets the death note again so it's like he's kind of like an immortal being so it's just like this is all fun for him like he's it's like him he's just watching a show he's watching a train wreck he's like watching the you know the train go off the rails um and i'd be having fun in that position too he's just there to have fun because as he talks about in a later episode all the other demons in the shinigami realm all they do is gamble and take naps they just gamble and take naps i guess you're immortal so what else are you gonna do you're just like yeah yeah i always had that thing with immortality where it's like, what age would you really want to be if you were immortal? Like, I guess like you don't want to be too young. You don't want to be too old. And, you know, uh, and then you also realize that like immortal beings forever. <laughs> and like, that's a lot of, you know, that's so much time. That's like an almost, it's an inconceivable incon- amount of time. Yeah. Um. So, so light, he does have a bit of a freak out meeting Ryuk, but in the movie, in the American movie, that freak out is way more comical and terrible. Yet another example of Nat Wolf being miscast where he's just like screaming and yelling. Whereas like, you know, light is like, of course, like shocked. He's like, shit, what was with this demon dude? But it's like, you know, he still keeps his cool ultimately. Well, cause he's like, he, he's like, oh yeah, well, I assumed this was attached to a, a, a god of death or something. And uh, and thank goodness he does have a good solid moment of shock, and it and being scared because if he didn't at all, it would be weird. Um, even if he was expecting a demon to show up, Ryuk is so terrifying, and his look is so intense that it would be weird if if Light didn't have a reaction. Um, but but um, then but then he uh, cools down a little bit and goes straight back to to logic, which is his uh, character's main main yeah. uh, main and, character trait in a way. I and think. so, yeah, like, um, Ryuk, he talks to Light about what he's been doing, and we see this incredible montage. I, I love it when they play, like, the classical dramatic music uh, because we see Light doing the, this, uh, the criminals just get murdered in the montage, and it's completely glorious. I love that sequence. What about you guys? Oh, my God, it's I, so fun and over the top. This is what I love about Death Note, where it just goes full, like full dramatic, just you know, um, orchestra. It, orchestra. That's the the soundtrack for Death Note is so intense; it's almost funny, but it works. Yeah, but it's it's so it is it's verges on being over the top. But like the orchestra is so it's awesome. And um and sometimes they play uh like um the uh, this the electric guitar notes and stuff and it's 
like it's perfect um that sequence was was awesome yeah he's just writing names of various criminals and he's like yeah i've pretty much like killed like all all, all the worst criminals in japan already yeah. Which I guess, yeah, yeah. If you've got the resources. I mean, I, it was like 2003, so I guess the internet was still a bit early. Um, but, you know, he's light. He's smart. Yeah, but 2003 is just around that era where, like, people wouldn't be as private about certain things, where I guess it would be easier to find. You, know, you don't get the so big social media stuff, but, like, I'm sure it's easy to be like, okay, who are the big criminals that are, like, you know, they'll name them and show them their faces. Like, you know, we don't hear a lot about modern serial killers, but we definitely hear a lot about fucking Ted Bundy all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's talking about Dahmer. Um, so it's, you know, so I'm like, yeah, it would make sense. Um, you know, so, <laughs> um, I like the sequence. It's a fun sequence. It's like, it's so, you can tell it. This is like so clearly like, you know, of that you know era of 2000s horror movies like it's just like it has that like final destination flair to it of just like the slightly over the top but like still brutal sequence that isn't like torture porn yeah no and i mean that's the thing like the deaths in this show and i think it was partly because of its time slot and because it still is technically a shonen show uh, I know me and Malcolm have joked about how like a lot of these like tween shows are definitely more mature than than what uh, you and uh, what Malcolm and I and most uh, American kids grow up with. Oh my goodness! But even then, there's yeah. I mean, what 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 Japan considers children's television is certainly more like you know PG fifteen. I would say. Mm. Well, that's like the one thing. Which yeah, it's, that's like the one thing you realize about like American like censorship is that there's because of that weird like Christian like overview of of censorship and like, we've got to protect the children. It's like there you're like, no, the kids are going to be fine. All right. The kids are fine. If they see a little death, it's like, you know, I remember a few years ago when 50 shades of gray came out and hearing about that, like <laughs> that France was there. They were trying to determine whether or not 50 shades of gray, the movie would be uh G or PG. Like that was like, that was it. Like we're here. We're like this, it might be the first movie mainstream movie. And like, since, you know, uh, showgirls to be rated X and you're like they're like this is pedestrian like in France and so I guess it's kind of similar because that's the thing is like I grew up like in this era you know I was a kid like 2003 I'm like 10 10 11 or not yeah um and I remember that's when I started watching stuff like Final Destination and Scream and those are like kind of deliberately funny on certain levels but uh, I also realized just how young I was at that point too. I probably would have watched Death Note if I had known about it. If I'm being completely honest, I was really? like a real, as a kid, I was a real horror junkie. <laughs> like I've seen like all the Freddy movies. I've seen all the like Friday Thirteenth movies. Like that's the thing. I I don't know much about anime, but I do know like about like just yeah the horror genre for whatever particular reason. You feel like you would have watched uh, Death Note? We will definitely. Maybe. I mean, this one, there's a, you know, obviously it's like creepy suspense element to it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Moving to episode two, we get our first mention of Elle in this UN meeting. And uh, at the moment, and throughout these first five episodes, we're barely seeing Elle. Uh, Malcolm, you have not watched the show, so maybe you didn't even notice you were actually seeing Elle in some shots. Yeah, I I will say this. So I was just, because I watched this on Netflix. I did autoplay to episode six and I watched like oh, the first nice. couple minutes of episode six. 
you without even him. realizing it, and he's oh, in it. So I did see him as a character. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, he's in the opening too. He's in the opening that uh, Otto plays and stuff. And and I I'm a true anime fan. I I watch the opening every time. So when Lizzie is like, when Lizzie was like, oh, I gotta push this. I'm like, oh, sweet. That gives me more time to watch the openings. It means I don't have to skip them. The yeah, openings but are I, so important in anime, uh, aren't they? I love the opening. This this show also has such a fucking over the top opening. It's like so all this uh, religious image. <laughs> it's all this religious imagery. Like you see, like uh, like light uh, touching an apple with like Ryuk with like a whole like God touching Adam or something. Mm. I love it. Good stuff. This show this show has a top tier opening. Like you got you got a jam to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is a it's got a bit of a bop for the opening. Uh intense. It's like but it's like not like it's not intense in the way that's like you think for this show you'd be like, oh, like it's I don't know, something a little more lighthearted. Uh pun not intended. Um oh, I gotcha. But yeah, no, so, I mean I I will be honest, after the first I usually I skip this one. And it doesn't seem like it's you know, one of those shows where it builds on you know, the different like openings where like the openings shift when you as the further you get along in the show uh yeah there, there's two openings uh and the, the second one occurs at the halfway mark and it's very very different <laughs> uh it's very different is all i'll say but, just, but not I, in these first five apps i just remember that one of the openings or one of the the endings is really really intense like music yeah, musical I, wise and my brother and i used to listen to it because that's who i'd i watched death note with it's like the it's like heavy metal. The second opening is yes, like heavy metal. Yes, that's what it was. It's heavy metal, and we would just fucking jam. And and the visuals are somehow even more on acid. Um, so, <laughs> somehow yeah. even more on acid. That's a way to put it, Jack. And you're not wrong. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we get this UN meeting, and it because of course you know the whole threat of light or Kira as he's known is such a big thing that of course people in the UN have to discuss this. And L, he's communicating only through audio in a laptop. Which, by the way, can I just say, why why is the UN involved in this? This is just a Japan problem. Well, to be fair, if someone has, like, a book that can, like, kill everyone, that's probably that's probably a UN thing. Oh, Everyone's I mean, probably pretty fucking worried. It's definitely a UN problem. It's definitely a world problem. But I'm saying at this point, this isn't an inter... Like, is this an internet... Like, are criminals all over the world dying, or is it just in Japan? Like, that's the one thing I was a little confused by. Because if it's just in Japan, then it'd be like, oh no, we have this problem. All these, all of our criminals are dying. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, when but you I say guess it out loud, that's even funnier. All our criminals are dying. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a. It's funny because like when you say this, some of this premise out loud, you you kind of think like this isn't going to work. Like this shouldn't like like this shouldn't work as a concept because you're like, why is the UN angry that? dangerous criminals are dying in their cells but then guess what all heads of state are dangerous criminals yeah but then (laughs) the political element that's my left wing uh that's my left wing perspective uh for 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 today jack is out here spilling some tea i'm spilling some tea all 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 heads of state are war criminals uh the state itself is uh inherently evil so crush crush the state uh I, i mean light would agree with that light would agree with that for sure um, I mean, light wants to become the state. Light, light wants to be God. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fair question, though, Malcolm. No, at the beginning, it is. Um, I believe light is staying mainly within J- Japan, but he has been going outside of Japan, and it is around the world. 
That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair question, though. It is because he does stay mainly in Japan. But then, but then, Mm -hmm. um, L, I remember that only because L has to do some research and work in order to figure out that um, that Kira is in Japan and based in Japan. Which is what we'll get to in this episode. Yes. Um, there's, also, there's also a great moment um, when, when Light is telling uh, Ryuk how he's like hiding his notebook because he basically puts the first step of his whole hiding place is he puts a key, he just sticks a key in you know his top um, desk drawer and it's like, okay, well, that's pretty obvious. He's like, yeah, we, we make it obvious so no one suspects anything. And then he puts a diary in that top drawer. And he's like, oh, they'll just open the drawer and find this, you know, ordinary diary. And then there's also a false bottom, which can only be activated uh, by inserting a pen. And then if someone tries to take that false bottom off improperly, it will then cause the desk to be lit on fire. <laughs> I don't think it's a good plan. I'm going to be honest. Uh, at what? At no point is. Uh, I mean, we've only we're only episode in, but I was like, oh, I didn't realize that uh, Light was a little pyrotechnical nightmare guy because, like, you know, he's just like, I, I'm bringing, I bring this this desk to explode. It's kind of it's such an extreme way of protecting himself. I just kind of imagine him like buying the supplies and then like bringing them home and his his mom's downstairs making dinner and she's like what are you doing in your room honey and then him trying to make up an excuse as he's like experimenting to make sure he doesn't blow up his own desk yeah but Um, i guess again he's the smartest boy in his class and in japan so in his (laughs) class next year in japan (laughs) (laughs) um so anyways, uh, Light, he's, I keep saying Ellen Light. I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, Light, he's watching TV. And guess what? We've already, fa- we already figured out the identity of L. It's Lind L. Taylor. And Lind L. Taylor makes this big speech uh, calling Light evil. And Light's response, Light's response to being called evil is to give a pretty dramatic supervillain montage. Like, not montage, a uh, pretty dramatic supervillain statement, which, which more or less confirms the assessment that he's evil. Yeah, no, he's like it's a, it's a very clear like he they baited him into the trap and then he he fell for it and he just did it and it's like oh that's when like you start at least for me the because in the first episode you're like all right okay maybe this guy's like you know he's ridding the world of these criminals they're dangerous but now like yeah it's that thing of like he's just he's targeting a literal, a literal cop who's just being like you're evil for doing this even though like you know at this point he hasn't killed like a lot of innocent people. But still, I guess like, you know, it's that element of which is something L says later on, which is like there's like a childish way he's viewing like good and evil. And that's like one of the big problems for Light is that he's still a a boy. He happens to be Japan's smartest boy, but he's still a boy. That's absolutely the issue. So anyways, uh, he writes down Lind L. Taylor's uh, name. He's like, oh, of course. Well, thank you, guys. I've already killed L. Uh, Lind L. Taylor gets a heart attack on live television. Uh but psych, psych, it turns out Elle is very much alive, and I do like uh, how they justify this murder, because he's like, no, no, he was a convict, he was already going to be on death row today, so so no one got tricked into, into being Lindell Taylor. Well, my favorite ex- explanation, which is a very, like, early 2000s way of doing it, which is, like, he was secretly captured, and, like, it wasn't in the news, and that's why oh, yeah. you were able to, like, hide the bite, which I'm like, did you just fucking get a guy from Gitmo, like, Guantanamo Bay, and just made him do this? Like, like this is one of those, like, 
advanced torture techniques where it's like, you go and say this, all right? You're going to die anyway, so you, you might as well die by the hand of Kira, um, you know, that which I thought was like, it's kind of like a very like diabolical way of, you know, of a bait. But I guess it like proves the point that Light's, uh, you know, not the nicest boy. Yeah. And he gets baited even further because L uh, tells him that, guess what? This whole thing was only broadcast in the Kanto region, which has confirmed that Light is in Japan. So so Light goofed up already in episode two. That, that's a pretty, pretty big goof, I would say. It was so satisfying to watch, though, to see this this arrogant, intelligent man, man, boy, be um, just murked. And El, and El was like, like, screw you, and just, uh, and just, uh, just whooped his ass in that moment. It was satisfying. Yeah, it was a great moment. Uh, just like for me, I was like. Oh, this is really clever. Like, this is, like, yeah. a very, like, clever one. I didn't expect it. I was like, this is a great twist. That's why I was, like, I kind of hooked me in a little bit more. I was like, oh, like, the, like we're already at this stage. I mean, it's moving so fast. But I'm like, oh, we're at this stage already? Like, wow, like, Ellen and Light are really, like, dueling now. Are they really dueling? Because, like, Light really just fell into the trap with, like, no problems. Yeah, and this episode ends with both of them. Uh, they have their little monologue, their dueling monologues, where they both declare that they are justice. It was delicious. That's really good and dramatic and so delicious, where they both say, I am justice. At the- it sets the stakes for the show. You know exactly what this conflict is about. Yeah, yeah, and and it makes you go, okay, who who really is justice, though, right? Because some people would say that, that light is with what he's doing. Um, and again, it's, it's a good, it's a good uh, question to, to bring up. So yeah, L L has guessed that light is a student as you brought up Malcolm. Uh, L has this statement where he says light has a very childish concept of right and wrong. And that's the thing. It's like light, light is the smartest student in all of Japan, but also, yeah, he is also 17 and his, his morality is pretty, pretty basic. Is it very black and white? Can I just say, I think it's in this episode, like he goes to like a night class or whatever, like whatever he does in the evenings. And uh, there's like, there's like this one moment uh, where there's there's some random character. I don't think they have a name. It's like his classmate. And uh, I guess they're like waiting to get picked up outside. And the classmate's just like, why? My mom does this all the time. Like, just like us in terms of like not picking this kid up. And then we never see that kid again. Like, it's just like, he's just like there says this one line. I laughed so hard at that moment. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I thought like, Oh, maybe this will be like light's best friend. Like this will be his way of being like, Oh, can I get a ride with you guys? But no, it's just like some random kid with one line. Um, and he just is there to be an asshole for one second. I remember what you're talking about. I think it's hilarious that you remember it. I just felt it was worth uh, mentioning again because I it was just one of those moments where I'm like, what? Like this just happened? So we get we get another big reveal in this episode, which is Light's dad is one of the cops who's hunting him. Oh, spicy, spicy, real spicy. Um. His poor dad. Yeah. Oh, oh man. What they put his dad it's, through in this fucking show. Ugh. It's like a Breaking Bad situation. Do you guys know what I'm talking oh, about? Of with course. That? I'm well aware okay. of Breaking Bad. <laughs> of course. I'm pretty, pretty much everybody is. So I feel like I can just say that 
Breaking Bad situation, everybody knows what I'm talking about. And it's like, it's, it's like that. And, um, it's, I just, you just, it kind of is satisfying and very fascinating to watch L be able to, L, Light be able to, um, uh, fool his, his own dad right in front of his eyes. But it's also sad. You also go, oh, no. And you feel for his dad, too. You kind of, because you're watching through, in a way, you're sort of watching through the perspective of light. In a way, because he's our lead, it makes you kind of go, ha, 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 ha. You know, you're rooting for him a little bit, too. I, I like Light's sister a lot. She's just like a nice girl. She's just like trying to live her life. She just is a nice gal. Nice, wholesome gal. <laughs> There's this, like, trope I've noticed with, by watching a lot of these shows and movies that, like, the, there's always, like, the really nice, like, little sister or brother that, like, all these characters have. Like, the, the main character could be, like, an asshole, but it's like, yeah, but they've got the sweetest little sister uh, in the world. <laughs> and I've, like, noticed that. And, yeah, she's definitely one of them. But, yeah, I, I guess it's funny because, like, you bringing up the, like, Breaking Bad, uh, Lizzie, I was thinking about, like, oh, yeah, lights a lot like walter white so like they're just like they have these like parallels i just think of like the walter white monologues where he's like i am like basically saying he's a god like that's like he's like when he like snaps at his wife uh when the transformation between like from him just being like a meek you know science teacher to like oh i'm like the meth guy of you know the southern u.s i'm the one who knocks that's yeah, I'm the one who knocks. Oh, that is that's like, one of the best lines in ever. <laughs> that's that is so good. And 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 then it, it's so beautiful for the audience to see things like that in in Death Note as well. Because I think a lot of people can pick up on the fact that you go, "Oh, okay, they're doing that because they feel that they're that they're worthless in a way." So, of course, they're going to try their best to be God to the point of near insanity. And it's such a good lesson to just to be able to watch them drive themselves insane to be this higher being or something close to it, be powerful at least because they feel worthless. I'm getting super deep about it, but I think it's, I love it. I think it's important. Um and yeah, it's 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 a really cool theme in in this show, you know. So the other thing in this episode, of course, you know, L has already figured out a lot of things about Light slash Kira already, and one of the things he's determined, of course, is the times that uh, L has been uh, writing all these deaths. So of course, L once Light picks up on that, he he now writes in the death note. He doesn't just have to write their their names; uh, he can also write the specific time of when they'll die. So he starts making it more random, which was pretty fun. And he's got six, like, by after he writes the name, this is one of those rules. This is like the most specific rule, I think. It's like, well, there's the two specific rules. One's he has to know the face so that, like, when he writes the name, he's thinking of the face, which I guess is fair because there's a lot of people who have the same names. Yeah, true. Uh, you know, like, I parent, my name's Malcolm McLeod. And I, from what I've seen, there's a, uh, I think it's like a New Zealand magician as my name, too. So great awesome. uh, so, so if someone, if uh, and someone i'm like i don't want to i don't want to die because the you know they want to take out this you know this you know kiwi magician um you know just because we have the same name 
Um, he might not be from New Zealand. He's from like maybe Australia. He's one of those two places. But um, but yeah, I get, I like that. And then the, the other one is that he's got what is it six minutes and like fourteen seconds to like uh, feel, like write down the command of how this person dies before it's enacted, or it's going to be a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Which I like. They're like, it's like, oh, it's not going to be the scory death. It's like he'll just die from you know a heart attack. <laughs> like, I mean, again, like like as I said, like the the move, the American movie makes this turns it into a Final Destination series where like the deaths in this show, it's more about the context of them and not necessarily just like, ooh, the this guy got chopped up by a vending machine or some dumb shit like that. I like. I know the fun of like over the top deaths, but like. Because I just mentioned, I just like I'd watched 1984, yeah. and like those that have like like Ryan Murphy over the top deaths are, are super fun. But like at the same time, what I like about it is like it's that kind of scary thing of like, oh, you might just drop dead of a heart attack that like you had no like predisposition for. It was just like you de- you died because you know because your name got written in the letter. I don't want to be like, oh, I you know you died because I you know you randomly stood in the wrong place and like you know a glass pallet you know fell on you <laughs> and then you got crushed to death. Like in Final Destination 2 for the little boy. Yeah. So, so anyways, Light, he's been staggering these deaths, uh, causing another death montage. The death montages, like we've said, are really fun. I love the music that plays during them. And as a result of this, all these cops start resigning, uh, which, of course, is a big issue because they don't they don't want to be known. Nobody wants to fucking die trying to catch this crazy criminal. Which and is, then- like, good, good thinking on them because, like, the sequence... In, like, the last episode that we watched, it's like, oh, my God, like, those guys really dodged a bullet. They they definitely did. And then uh, we have this great conversation between Ryuk, where Ryuk offers Light the ability to see through his eyes, and he can see the names of people, too. Uh, and all he has to do is give him half his life. All. That's all he's got to do. It's just a little tidbit. All he's got to do, half his life. <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, we don't know how much that half could be. Yeah. Um, it could... We don't know. It's a great, like, dilemma. Like, I love that kind of, like, even though it's, like, a dilemma, it's just, like, a really great dilemma. Because, yeah, you just don't know, like, is this a guy who's going to, like, there was, like, a nine, because, like, you briefly see through Ryu's eyes. So there's, like, like a nine and a bunch of other things where I was, like, oh, is he going to live till 90? But I then he was, like, oh, they, these numbers don't, like, you know, who how reliable are those numbers? What do they really mean? Is the nine maybe September instead of, or, yeah, that was like would be September. Uh, yeah, that's the ninth month. <laughs> just had a brain fart there for a second. Oh, you know, well, or just that. Like, be, it might, might not be too because I think Japan does a different ordering. Yeah, uh, that's. Good. I have to look at a uh, Japanese calendar. So, uh, <laughs> do do not focus, and we're not going to spoil the show anyway. So don't don't focus on on those. It's things. not a big deal. What I'm just saying is that you know because he doesn't know, it's like, oh yeah, are you giving up? And it's something they say in the show. Are you giving? You know. If you have like a year left to live, that means you only have six months now. Or if are you gonna be like living till you're a hundred and like you know, his um you know, and he's 17, so it's like, oh, he just dies at 50. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that's how the episode ends. And we get our answer at the very from the very top in episode four. And light refuses because he wants to become God and he wants to be around for that, which I respect. Yeah, he's he's like um, I, I, I don't think so, man. I'm, I'm going to be God and I'm going to hang on to that for a little longer. And, uh, Ryuk's like, okay, dude. All right. 
It seems like the offer still stands. Like, I don't think it's like an offer that like, yeah. it's like, this is one time only. It's more of like, hey, it's out there now. But I guess I kind of respect Light for not for for not taking the deal. Like, I was like, I would have been like, I because then all of a sudden he becomes almost too powerful. If he's, you know, can just see everyone's names and everything. So I do well, like the, the self-restraint. And to be fair, Light thinks he's smart enough that he won't need uh, that ability too. Like he's like, no, I'll I'll do it on my own. Like I I can figure out how to get L and everyone else I need to get through my own ways. So yeah, he doesn't need the cheat code. But don't worry, this uh, this episode we find <laughs> uh, you know we find that L's being stalked by someone. Yeah, uh, so I also like the conversation with him and Ryuk where he tells him he suggests that like Ryuk could take the lessons he's learned from the human world to help make the Shinigami realm better which i thought was kind of cute i'm not sure what lessons those would be but there's that yeah. <laughs> hey plant some apple trees all right plant some apple trees and that um, is the synopsis of death note plant some apple yeah trees. plant some apple trees uh what what do you think of when light was writing these impossible death conditions i i, I guess i missed like so what happens if you, either of you can correct me like because like he writes things like oh this person goes to the Eiffel Tower and dies or something like that. What what was the answer to that? Did they end up just dying in their locations or what? They did. So I I, I believe so. Um, but they they died trying or doing their own version of that. And I think I believe Light was testing that or he already kind of knew that that would happen and he wanted to throw off l um by by Mm -hmm. because he knew that would happen so the the man who was supposed to die in paris died in he he was in prison and he died in the bathrooms i think because he was running towards paris (laughs) yeah he he escaped his like cell and like the furthest he got was to like the bathroom yes and then he died gotcha yeah, again, it's it's a cool way of, like, the show just kind of, like, that's the thing about the show. Like, the, the whole fun of the show is pushing the rules and seeing when rules get modified and when rules change or just what are the limits of, of these rules of the Death Note, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, it has to be, like, a realistic element of, like, you got to be kind of in the area to do it. That's why, like, a heart attack makes sense because you can just have a heart attack anywhere. But you can't just, like, throw yourself off, like, you know, you know the Eiffel Tower. All right, so, anyways, our, the second half of episode four is all about uh, this FBI stalker that Light has, and this guy, this FBI agent, his name is Ray Pember. He's got like a wife or fiance uh, who seems like a real nice lady, and I feel really bad for everything that uh, happens to her in this, in these episodes and future ones. Yeah, her character is so cool. His, though. Her character is like without a doubt, in, including the entire series. Like my god, like that's and that's what happens to her is like what made me stop watching the series the first time because it, it's really fucking cruel. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Her, but but it's she's important to the story, and she's so I I love how uh, grounded her character is too. Grounded yeah, in finding sure. in finding the truth, you know. And not and not giving up. And it also just gives you like a realistic character because again, like L, yeah. L and Light are cartoon characters at this point. Well, you know they're deeper than cartoons, but you know what I mean. They're very over the top mythic characters. So to have someone who's just kind of in the middle of this shit show, it is like a really cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you something to connect to. 
Um, but yeah, so, uh, so she Ray- becomes a bigger character because like she's kind of a she's kind of a minor character. Uh, so by the end of the last episode, she's yeah. Definitely- well, well I won't, I won't say nothing, bro. Um, it's it's some bleak shit. I'm not gonna lie, it's some bleak shit. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this so this FBI stalker uh, he follows likes on the bus, and this hostage taker ends up coming on the bus too. And so you know, there's this hostage well, situation. We should preface this that he starts this off by he's going on a date. Like, oh that. yeah, that's the other thing too. He's the other thing, he's like, I'm still a student. I still I can still get laid. I'm 17. Like, I, I might be the smartest boy in Japan, but I'm I'm not a fucking virgin. <laughs> like that was the the attitude. But the, actually, though. And he was saying it to Ryuk, too. He was like, I'm a bit more popular than you think, man. Even though he's been a loner for, like, I don't know whether weeks or months, however long this has been since he's got the death note. Because, like, there's, like, the early scenes of, like, one of the first episodes where they're, like, and his friends invite him out, like, hey, you want to, like, go out to, like, you know, the, you know, the Plinko Center or whatever? And then... Uh, he's like, no, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta, you know, I gotta write in my journal. And you're like, okay. We only see so many days uh, of Light's life. There's a lot of time that passes. Maybe in between that, he, he's, he's just banging every girl in high school. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's the subplot of this is he's in like his no, own life. Is, like, he's in like a Gossip Girl Riverdale situation. Like it's a CW <laughs> drama. He totally <laughs> has he's... that. He totally has the flip hair for it too to be able to pull that off. I, I want to see I want to see just a show about just light light without the death node stuff like where it's just him pretending to be like the cool kid and yeah I just want to see Riverdale death note which honestly like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Riverdale became death note uh, if it hasn't already become that at show this, at this point I it could go anywhere <laughs> anyway I think death note yeah. might be more realistic than Riverdale at this point <laughs> like you're not wrong. Oh. Well, you don't believe in a war, you know, a war sequence that takes place on a football field? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. That's a real sequence. They Are just there filmed. aliens on that show? I swear there's like ghost aliens. So that's why there's I heard gotta that. Be. Well, remember, there's Jingle Jangle, which is a drug. <laughs> there was the Maple Murders or whatever. That was just another season, though, and shit. Like, that was just that the, was first the first season. season. See, I don't, I don't watch the show, but I get told by friends they give me recaps of the show, which are highly entertaining. Um, um and that shows insane, but this like but I was just like I want to now see the CW version of Death Note but through the lens of the writers the creators of like you know of Riverdale like um like I, that's what I want to see cuz like imagine how much fucking lights do when when he's when he's not doing the Death Note stuff he's just like oh man hey babe you got to go I gotta kill some people in my fucking book, and I don't want to kill you. Like that's oh, like God. That's the right. kind of if, if she doesn't, if, someone pitched. If she doesn't leave early enough, he just writes her name in the book. Like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh my god. Um, let's <laughs> let's talk about this hostage situation, though. So yeah, light light. He's got he's got his uh, girlfriend or side girl, whatever we want to whatever. However, she's defined. Uh, um, she's there. She's she's there. She she's his beard. Um. So, anyways, Ray yeah, Denver, lights pan. By the way, that's what it is. Lights pan. I mean, if this if this was the Riverdale guys, light would definitely be pan. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't even know where we're going with this. Ray Penber uh, uh, introduces himself because he does trust light. He th- he he 
which is a terrible mistake on his part. Terrible, fucking terrible mistake, Ray Penber. Do you remember why he's being followed? Or is it just like all your just FBI agents? Which I also love. I love the idea that the FBI is like, yeah, we just like go to different countries now. Like, as if like yeah. Japan doesn't have its own like, you yeah. know, kind of secret I, like intelligence. Um, also, wouldn't that be CIA? When, because federal means like this, within the state. So CIA is like central intelligence. So yeah, yeah it, I, I guess it's CIA. It should be the CIA. <laughs> But I guess it's one of those things where you're like, when you're like, say from elsewhere, um, obviously this is, you know, the writers in Japan, when you're like, oh, what's like the famous, you know, the, you know, the big organization, there's like more of a myth that the FBI is more popular than the CIA, especially in that like early 2000s era where it's like, you know, the CIA isn't what it is today. All right. They were still looking for those ma- weapons of mass destruction. They had to go through that. This, this was 2003. This was 2003. So they yeah. were definitely still looking for them. Yeah, they, they were. You know, they were about to. You know, have to deal with the 9/11 Commission report. All right. Um, it's taken us uh, 20 minutes just since I brought up Ray Penber for us to actually discuss the situation. Also, what a name, Ray Penber. <laughs> like, like, I like Ray Penber. I like Ray Penber. That's an FBI agent name. I will say that's like that's an FBI. Oh, 100%. I also thought Ray Pember was like L. Like, I thought like that was L, like his real uh, personality, but obviously not. No. Ray Pember's just a guy. He's just an American in Japan. He's an American in Japan. I believe his wife is Japanese too. Or is she American? I don't know. I'm confused. Maybe Uh, he might might be one of those uh, guys. You know, libertarian with a hot Asian wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a that's subreddit. That's a full subreddit that you can go on and feel oh, like. Oh, I just saw up. the one cringy video. Um. Anyways, so there's this hostage taker. He's 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 trying to fuck stuff up on the bus. And yeah, Ray Ray makes the terrible mistake to trust Light. And then I, I do like the way the hostage taker gets taken down because. He ends up touching a page of the notebook, which causes him to seek Ryuk and freak the fuck out. I thought that was really clever. Yeah, well, he's like, uh, makes Ray go like, he's hallucinating, um, which I liked. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. When even Ryuk was like, okay, that was clever. Yeah, <laughs> Ryuk is like, oh shit, I gotta give you props. Yeah, because um, yeah, there's that whole thing where like he wouldn't tell Ryuk what the plan was. He's like, you just got, you know, you didn't read it, so you better now watch and find out. Like, I did like that kind of sass that they're at that point in their relationship that like Light's given Ryuk some sass. Anyways, the the hostage taker he flees outside the bus and then he gets hit. Uh, is it by a car or by the same bus that he gets hit by? by he car. gets hit by a car. Gotcha. Anyways, uh, it turns out, guess what? This whole plot, even the hostage shaker coming onto the bus, was a plot by Light all along. Like, this was all written in the Death Note. But uh, when when at the end, um, Light goes, uh, what is it? He goes, like, 11.15 went all according to plan. And it's like, ooh, that, that is spicy. You know? Because it was all, it seemed so random. It's like, how the fuck could someone plan all of this and then of course it's all written in, in the death note yeah because he's like he's gonna take the girl to uh, yeah to that amusement park which is so what i thought like because i like the the clip of the death note live action movie i saw was like this ferris wheel sequence where i was like oh like we're now gonna see like where that the inspiration for that sequence came from but obviously no this was just all on a bus um 
And yeah, I mean, it's clever. I mean, this is like the second, or well, no, uh, this is where you're like, oh, okay, L and Light can go toe to toe because if L can like deduce, it's like, oh, this kid or the cure is in this area. Then like the fact that you know Light has the you know forethought to be like, I'm going to create this elaborate scenario and it's going to play out the way I want it to. It's like, ah, oh, sweet chef's kiss. Yes, it's it's um, almost too lucky because you you talking about that brings up uh the fact that that part of the reason l's able to do that kind of stuff is because he has access to to all of the investigation information because of his dad and uh it's like part of you goes oh my god that is way too lucky but it adds such a nice element to the show it really does like i was saying earlier like the breaking bad thing like he's gotta deceive his dad right under his dad's nose that's cool. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the other side of it too um, is I actually know maybe not another side of it, but I do have a question, which is does L or it's not L God, I'm making that mistake again. Okay. Does light and that girl, do they ever go on another date or was this just like a one-time? Thing? Uh, I think, I think I'll, I'll light light L. Uh, I believe that girl is not uh, a major character. There are some more major female characters Although I think the show honestly kind of does its uh, female cast kind of dirty. I feel like there's some characters who are set up for really cool things, and uh, then they don't get as much to do later on. Okay, because I wasn't sure if this was like supposed to be like lights, you know, set up to be like lights love interest. No, uh, there is a girl who we do get introduced to, but uh, that'll be that'll have to be an episode for another time to cover that stuff. Uh, so yeah, anyways, <laughs> move. Moving on, let's get to our final episode. Uh, in my notes, all I said for this the first half, basically, was Light plays with his food. Jack, Jack, were you high when you watched that fifth episode? No, but, like, he's playing with his food. He, he remi- He's like a cat. Like, you know, my cat is sitting over uh, next to me. Um, cats are killers, you know? They they bring in tiny mice and they torture them. Uh, they they don't always do it cleanly. And what happens to Ray Penber in this episode... Oh, I, is, I hear is, what you're saying. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a cat bringing in like a, a, a mouse that's still alive and they just torture it. That's what, that's what happens to Ray. I feel. See, I, for some reason thought that you saw a shot of, of light playing with his food literally. And that was the oh. only note that you wrote down. And I was like, Jack, there's more, there's more that happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is that, there is that dinner sequence at the beginning where the dad announces that he's going to work on the, uh, investigation to uh, take down Kira, aka Light. Yes. Obviously, he doesn't know it's Light yet at that point. And Light just is like, "I'm so proud of you. Like, you know, I I'm so happy. You know, I'll make sure I can do anything uh, that's possible to make sure you know those killer that killer's brought to justice." And it's like, oh, that's dark. Like, yes. that's such a dark thing to say. Like, it's that like, yeah, I'm the one who knocks, but like, just way more subtle. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. This the the questions you know from me as from that moment onwards are will light you know will light kill his dad if his dad comes too close or will he kind of just like tactically make his dad look like a buffoon by you know killing off people around him or like you know putting him in situations where he can't win without killing him like that's like I guess that's like the cat and mouse the Tom and Jerry uh, if we're gonna go into cat metaphors or cat references <laughs> uh, yeah this show. And it's like, will he, will he take that 
horrendous step in order to preserve his power. But yeah, this one, this whole that whole sequence with Ray, where like basically um, Kira decides to confront Ray because Ray gets too close. Although at that point, I think Ray had like basically cleared. Or did he clear uh, light at that point, or did he, or was that, or was it that L uh, made it so that it was like it's got to be someone on that bus? I <laughs> was one thing I was a little unsure of. Maybe I'm not. I making think he sense. felt clear. Although I do like when like for, when light first gets behind uh, Ray, and he he of course demonstrates his power by killing like a like a janitor or someone in front of him, and he's like, oh, don't worry, he was like a he he was um, I believe he was like a sex criminal. Yeah, he was he was a guy who like who had uh been accused of multiple uh essays as uh sexual assaults, but like never like the evidence was never there, so he he always got off. So he wasn't like convicted, but he was apparently like you know guilty, you know, by accusation. So mm. and then that happens. But I like that the whole time Ray's like, I recognize that voice. I can't why can't I fix that voice? Like that voice yeah. sounds so familiar. And it's like, you know, obviously Light's like, you don't look behind or I'll kill you right now. Yeah. <laughs> you said that, Malcolm, is so different from the show. It's hilarious. You don't look behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the smartest boy in Japan. <laughs> oh, no, it's just like, but the whole blackmail that, um, not even black, I don't even know if it's blackmail. Like, it's like, just like the extortion, I guess, of uh, of Light to get the information from Ray is just... Oh, that whole sequence is like so, like so tense. Like I, I mean, yeah. it's not brutal. It's not the brutal in the way that Perfect Blue is brutal. But it's like, man, it's you just feel for Ray. Like it's a no-win situation essentially. Yeah. No, I. I mean, yeah. The the end result of it is that uh, Ray is forced to write down the names of his fellow agents on a piece of the death note. And then, even though he goes through with it, uh, Light, being the asshole that he is, uh, still kills him. I there's here's one question. So he writes the names on the death note, but he doesn't see Rayu. How did that happen? How did he like not? Oh yeah, that, I'm not sure if he it was on the death note because, or he just. Um, it's that's a, like that's a totally fair question. I think it's because um, either he didn't actually write them on the death note piece, or Ryu was uh, was just hanging out with Light, as opposed yeah, to maybe maybe Ryuk was like somewhere else in within the space. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess I could make sense. I mean, I wasn't sure if it's just like a normal piece of paper and then he will transfer it later or not. But I guess it doesn't really matter because, uh, you know, shortly after, you know, he writes the paper, puts it up on like, because this is all done in like in a, like, like a, a speed, like a bullet train. Mm-hmm. You know, puts it up. When he gets to a stop, you know, obviously light kills Ray. Yeah, and uh, you feel really bad for his fiance. I mean, yeah, and she's of course fucking devastated. She's like in like a dark room too, so you just feel even worse for her. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's the fiance that put it, puts it together that it's got to be someone from the uh, from the train from the or bus. the bus. The bus. Yeah. Yeah, because she was like, oh, like that's like the first time because like Light and Ray have that uh, conversation where Light's. Where basically Ray's like, don't tell uh, and your dad that I'm here because, like, I guess they didn't know about the FBI agents. There was some like interaction there that kind of, you know, didn't make a ton of sense, but it was, you know, relevant enough that like Light and Ray obviously had um, had a small conversation. It wasn't just like I overheard this date and that's why I recognized the voice. It's like no, they had one interaction before this. 
Uh, but yeah, this is a moment where for me, I was like, oh man, Light is a real piece of shit. And, you know, he's targeting like innocent people now. Like it's like Ray is not guilty. Like he's not, I mean, you can maybe make, we can have this whole left debate about, you know, cops or pigs or like FBI agents or, you know, yeah. soldiers for the state or whatever. But at least in this moment, in the way this is depicted, in, you know, in the sunny era of 2003, when, you know, these guys were gods, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, in the post, you know, post 9-11 uh, nightmare. Yeah. But it's um, the context you know. we're given is that Ray is a good guy. Yeah. Ray at this point has done nothing to deserve his fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And neither have the other cops because all those other cops that, you know, that Ray's name put the names down all faced similar fates uh, and they all died. Yeah. So so the second half is focused on basically L getting the team together. There's these six FBI agents. They're going to they're going to finally meet with L. L determines it's finally time for people to meet him. And we've seen like we we do see images of L throughout. They're kind of coded in shadow, but you can see his face at times. But but the way this episode ends is, cer- is certainly a real tease uh, because we ended on really a perfect moment because uh, Light's father is about to finally meet L face to face, and you know he he turns the the door the door handle, and the episode ends. Banger, classic. That's that's classic. a that's a banger of a cliffhanger, isn't it? Yes. Oh my yeah. god. Yes. And I will say I did watch the the first like <laughs> two minutes of uh, episode six just to like finally see uh, L. Um, and yeah, it's I mean it's, it's like a, it is a cliffhanger, but also. The, not the biggest of cliffhangers, but I guess this I was released episodically at one point. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I, I watched the show within like three days. <laughs> I did I did a, bu- a bunch of work for my job. Uh, I, I was sending out emails and just watched the show while I was doing monotonous work. <laughs> I finished the show. Because again, 37 episodes when they're 20 minutes long is, isn't that much time, honestly. When they're 20 minutes long, it's a, yeah. It's yeah. a very bingeable show. It is. Um, <laughs> And that's the thing. Let's let's. So first of all, before we get into final thoughts, let's let's get into who is the speed wagon. Uh, so roll it, Sasha. Who is the who is the speed wagon of these first five episodes of Death Note? Speed wagon, 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 speed Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Uh, I, I feel like it's going to be unanimous. I'll say mine right off the bat. Ryuk. It's Ryuk. He's fucking awesome. Um, the voice acting uh, by Brian Drummond, and I'm assuming by his Japanese actor, uh, are excellent. Ryuk is a fun character. He's a creepy dude, but mostly he j- he's a creepy looking dude. But as a person, as an individual, he just wants to have fun and fuck around because the Shinigami realm sucks. Yeah, no, I, I get that. He, he, it's a good uh, option. I mean, I was toying with the uh, the sister, but the sister's such a minor character um, that it, you know I didn't feel like it was worth it uh, to really bring her up. Uh, I thought Ray for a moment because uh, I was like, you know, I just his fate is so terrible, and he was, you know, he kind of seemed like a nice guy, uh, <laughs> you know. What? But I, I'm, the, I'm the same boat. You know, you, you got to go with the apple loving, you know, God. All right. <laughs> Just the sweet, sweet, juicy Brayburn apples. You know, those he's got to gobble up those Granny Smiths. 
Heck yeah. Uh, I was a- and uh, sorry, um, the uh, my my brain left for a moment. This is we're picking our favorite characters. Yes, Jack. Yeah, we're we're picking the Speedwagon, our favorite supporting character. I don't think I think even if you were allowed to give the choice of light, though, I'm not sure if you would have picked him. Unless you would have, who knows? Uh, no, I wouldn't have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so who is it? He's fascinating as fuck. L doesn't really count as a uh, as a supporting, does he? I think he counts as supporting. I mean, you you can say him if you wanted. He, I would have picked him, and maybe if we covered the next six or five or whatever. But Ryuk, when it comes to screen time, Ryuk, Ryuk maximizes it in these first five. That's how I True. feel. No, I'm gonna pick L because uh, alrighty, because he is um, he's straightforward, and uh, it's is is again. I'm gonna use the word again. Wickedly intelligent. It's so fun to watch. And um, he's about doing the right thing, really. And he drives the show. Without without L, there'll be no show, really. Uh, and I I think the fa- fact that also he does spend the first five episodes in the shadows, the fact that you know you don't get to see him until really episode six, uh, uh, makes that minimized appearance even stronger in some ways. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, all right. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a guy who we don't see, and he's already got the attention of the in episode two all right this is mm. this is a guy who uh, in the cw version of the show also pan uh, <laughs> uh i i assume i don't know or he's asexual he's ace so um one of those two uh, but uh yeah i mean i i haven't well, i've only watched these five episodes and obviously like clips from the live action uh, netflix movie but uh i'm yeah i'm, I'm intrigued by l but so I'm, yeah i think it's a good choice for now all righty uh final thoughts everyone this this episode ran even longer than i expected final thoughts on death note folks all right i'm up first Woo! let's go um uh, final final thoughts on uh death note i think uh i think it's i don't know i just i i think if i I'd, I'd give it a watch you guys um, <laughs> <laughs> um the first uh two episodes it takes a takes a second to you know really really get into it and then by the by the end of the series i feel like you learn a lot about about yourself and and morality and and that's a really big statement to make but um the important thing about this show is the main thing that it does it makes it makes you go what would i do you know what would i do if i was l or would I choose to be L? Or would I choose to be light? What would I do if I had if I had the notebook? Um, you know, what would I do if I was his dad? It's it's all those are the and it all it all is really important questions about morality um, and um, and power. And uh, so I, I I think this is it's it's a cool ass show. If if anything watch it because it's got interesting aesthetics and cool openings um but but uh yeah death death notes uh it's it's a fun one uh yeah this is fun uh i mean it's interesting like this is definitely like you know you can tell the parallels between this and like other 2000s stuff like you know one missed call you know pulse um the eye like, you know, these kind of, you know, these kind of films, like, you know, from like 
Asia, like horror films, uh, Asian horror films, like that all have this like sort of same idea of like, you know, people choosing justice and, uh, and whatnot. Although I didn't, I don't think the eye is like that as much as like pulse and stuff, but yeah, this is, this was a surprisingly, I surprisingly good. Like I, I didn't know what to expect from it. I just knew it was popular. I can see why it's popular. Um, I'm like I said earlier, this is something that if I was watching an anime as a kid, I might have, you know, I, I might have watched it uh, uh, when I was, you know, when this was coming out. But I, you know, I don't know for obviously I didn't because I wasn't, you know, watching stuff like this. Um, yeah, it just got a really cool premise. Like it's just like I really love, you know, this idea of the, you know, the Death Note and everything. Is Light an asshole? Is Light, uh, you know, the villain? Uh, I, in my mind right now, absolutely. All right, I'm not a, I'm not a Light fan. Um, I think Light's a piece of shit, <laughs> you know. But I get it. He's the smartest boy in he's all of so Japan, smart. so you know he's got to be clever. So yeah, that's kind of where my head's at. Um, I might, I might check out the the Adam Wingard adaptation, the movie uh, he did for Netflix. I might it might be fun just to see where like these are paralleled and where it like splits off, but I wouldn't uh I wouldn't write this off entirely. Yeah, it's it's an interesting show. I think I think the peak of the show is the first 15, 16 episodes and then it does kind of dip and uh, hover around quality. But yeah, I think it's really interesting. And the fact that there's so many spin-offs of this, not just the American one, but also like multiple live action films and an, a live action series. I think those might even be worth covering on the show at some point. Don't um, forget the musical. <laughs> the mu- so We're going to find the musical. Someone's going to send us a copy of the musical and we're going to discuss it. Uh, and they'll even give us subtitles because they love us so much. Um, you find yeah, it, no. send it to me. Cause I you know what we, we found, we found that you, you never know what we'll find, but yeah, I, I think Death Note's an interesting series. It's it's cool the fact that there have been so many different adaptations that have put their own spin on it because I think it is a cool concept. There's just like so many interesting ways to do it. Maybe there'll be further adaptations in the future. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think what else? I think? Yeah, uh, go watch Death Note. It's a very easy binge. And you know, if you want us to to cover the following episodes, if you want us to do kind of what we did with Dragon Ball for the Saiyan saga, uh, let us know, comment on us, message us. And yeah, in fact, uh, that's an easy seg. You can find the podcast at, at is this anime pod on Twitter and Instagram. It seems our Instagram is more popping than our Twitter. And uh, Lizzie, you're, you're on a social media blackout. You're, you're, you're nowhere to be found. This nowhere is, to be found. This is true. Except I am somewhere to be found, which is IMDB. So just, uh, you can find me at Lizzie Boys, IMDB, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-B-O-Y-S. And uh, that is about it. No Instagram or anything else. I'm I'm jealous, but also my ADHD would not allow me to, to be like that. I need all I need all the beeps and, and zaps and stuff like that. To be fair, I actually uh, do have a uh, Twitter account that is eight years old. So if you look <laughs> up my name on Twitter, you will find something. But it I am not I am it is not me running that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm quite active on Twitter at only real Jack M and at Jack is Jack on Instagram. And yeah, Malcolm, where can the, the listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram at uh, Malcolm RJ McLeod. Um, I technically 
have a Twitter as well, but uh, kind of like Lizzie, I haven't been on it in years, so I don't even know what it is. It's probably you know me having retweeted some funny memes from back in the day, followed by me you know tweeting at um, you know random sports people getting into sports debates. But I just haven't been on that uh, hell app in a long time. But I'm there, so if you want to give us a follow, uh, if you can uh, like uh, like and subscribe to this podcast, uh, wherever you are listening to this, leave a review. Uh, you know, word of mouth is the best way to help, you know, a small little podcast like ours grow. And we really appreciate you guys for uh, taking the time out, uh, you know, to listen. So, uh, Jack, what are we covering next week? We are covering, uh, well, first of all, special guest Raylan Carson is returning. Uh, applause. Yay. The very funny Raylan. She's returning with an anime that she picked, uh, Parasite, uh, not related to the Bong Joon-ho Oscar uh, film winner. Uh, Oscar winner. Uh, no, it's Parasite with a Y. And uh, we're covering... And Sasha, uh, our lovely editor Sasha, he can tell you which episodes we're covering of the show. 1, 5, 7, 18, 20, 23. There you go, Sasha. Thank you, Sasha, for, for, for announcing that. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Master. And yeah, that that's our podcast, everyone. Uh, this was a spirited discussion. It went to a lot of places I did not expect. Sorry, I just want to say thank you very much for having me on again. I'm very happy to have been able to discuss uh, Death Note with you guys. And it's always it's always fun being here. But before I forget, uh, guys, just for fun, uh, if you had a Death Note, who would you put put on there? Who would be the first name you write? Are any of you willing to, to say it? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> you know... I guess it depends. It depends if you're you're wanting something more like a bigger picture person, or if you want you know a more personal one. I won't say a personal one. Yeah, don't uh, say personal one. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> just, yeah, imagine just like yeah, making Sasha like remember you've got to cut this name out. Um, you know, I you know, I guess, um, I guess, I guess the temptation would be to like go after someone you don't politically agree with. Um, there, you know, but I, I would, you know what? I'll fuck it. I think he does more damage than not. Uh, I would say I'd put in like Tucker Carlson. <laughs> You're willing to say it? For that yeah, boat crime motherfucker is on that death note. All right, go. F- good for you, Malcolm, to just be straight up. But before, before I say anything, Jack, will you answer this question? <laughs> You know, I wanted to say Donald Trump, but I think it's too, Donald Trump or George Bush. But honestly, like, those are too obvious, and I'd rather them live to see uh, their legacies destroyed. Um, cool. So I'm not sure, actually. I'm not sure who I would death note. Um, my- mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like, I mean, I, I guess you could do a head of state, but they'd probably just be replaced by another head of state because that's uh, the cycle we live on. So I've got a very philosophical answer. And then the death note itself is actually useless. There's no point. Auction it off to Donald Trump like that one guy did in that bonus chapter. <laughs> I um, I would say for myself that um, I wouldn't do it because I don't have the guts and I uh, I don't want to live in limbo <laughs> after I die. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing too. If you shit, so Malcolm, act, Malcolm, you're the one who goes to limbo then. Shit, because uh, me and Lizzie abstained. So bye. Yeah. Me. <laughs> I just tricked. I just tricked Malcolm into into revealing that he's the biggest sociopath of the three of us. Oh my he's god! He's the only one willing to use the death note. <laughs>
This is horrible. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we cut this part out. <laughs> Malcolm, you're going to uh, get that's what's um, yeah. oh, I'm gonna get canceled by the same people who try to cancel James Gunn. Oh no, I'm so scared. Oh, oh, oh. my god! All right, uh, th- yeah. thanks, listeners. You yeah. have, you have a great uh, time of your life. Uh, please use the Death Note responsibly. Take yeah. care. Take care. Thanks, guys. Singing Death. It's the musical of <laughs> Death Note. <laughs>